What's going on, guys? So I left you hanging last week. I did not do a mock draft on Friday like I usually do, but I'm going to open up this week with mock draft Monday, the first one ever. And I'm going to do so because I believe that as we're getting closer to obviously our fantasy drafts, these are these become more important. And I want to also do do this in, in a way that will um, provide some type of exercise. And so I want to set goals in terms of what we want to accomplish for this mock. And then at the end of it, we can look back and see how close we got to some of these goals. So I'm not going to make a goal for every round, but I think rounds three through seven in many drafts can be crucial. So I have a little outline of goals for rounds three through seven. And I also want to take note on where guys like Michael Thomas and Daryl Henderson are going, considering uh, what's going on with their situation. So first uh, in round three, my goals, the kind of perfect scenario targets for, for me would be Clyde edwards Lair, DeAndre Swift, or Miles Sanders. I like those three guys a whole lot in round three. I also, in round four, like David Montgomery. And if not, I want, uh, or I guess the uh, the reverse order in terms of priority, I want Allen Robinson in round four. If he's not there, I want David Montgomery. I'm going to try to avoid, in terms of roster construction, I'm going to try to avoid the... Um, getting multiple players from the same team. I kind of always forget about that. So I wanted to make that a point of emphasis before this mock starts. And um, yeah, and then in round, okay, so then in round five, I'm looking for Robert Woods. I mean, look, man, he is, to me, Robert Woods is a guy that I, he's my wide receiver 12, which I will actually be by default moving him up to at least wide receiver 11 because of the Michael Thomas thing. And um, I mean, because Michael Thomas, obviously, I can't have him in my top 12, considering the injury uh, and what's going on with that. So that's really an unfortunate situation, in my opinion, because that guy, like for me, was going to be was going to be one of the better steals of the draft. But I but I am very interested, as I mentioned earlier, to see where he goes in this mock now that um, I mean, just generally where he's going now that the injury stuff has happened. But let's get it cracking, and I am going to see – where am I drafting at in round one? I am – oh, wow. Okay, we are in a 12-man league. I'm number tw- I'm number 10. Okay, so that's interesting, and I'm totally cool with that. I actually think it's a good spot to be. Let's take a look at, first and foremost, what running backs are available because that is the priority. That's the ideal situation for me. But here's the question. I mean, here's the uh, dilemma I'm in right off the bat. There's Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, two guys that are available at running back that I would consider. Other than that, there's no real guy that I would look at and say that's a value at this spot. But then at wide receiver, with Aaron Rodgers officially back and playing, there's a guy named Devontae Adams available. So in my opinion, as I mentioned on that one pod where I went back and looked at what happened last year, Devontae Adams, anytime after pick six or five, is a really good value. So I'm going to go ahead and draft Devontae Adams. Yes, I know, receiver over running back, but in this case, it's Devontae freaking Adams, who was an absolute monster last year. And with the presence of Randall Cobb, I zig when others zag when on this kind of stuff. I think that this only helps Devontae Adams in terms of efficiency. And I mean, look, Randall Cobb's not going to come in there and take any considerable targets away from Devontae Adams. He might take 20 on the season away, but I think for those 20 in in decline, at least on a per-game basis, whatever that would be, I think that will make him even more efficient. So I like that a lot. Okay, here I are. So after Devontae Adams, it went Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Stephon Diggs, and now here we are on the clock. So right away, there's something interesting here. At running back, 
there's Antonio Gibson. That's a guy I would definitely consider at this at this spot. And this is usually back in the day before uh, my guy Cam Akers tore his Achilles. That was a guy that I would definitely consider. But after that, at the 2-3, because that's what we're picking, I don't see anyone that I'm totally enamored with at the running back position. When I go back and look at receiver and look, even though I want to be, and I'm always a big proponent of running backs early, I want to go running back, running back, running back if I can. And I wouldn't hesitate to take four in a row. But in this scenario, it's starting to look like wide receiver might be the better option. Okay, so remember, before we started this thing, I said I wanted to go Clyde Edwards-Elaire, DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders in round three, and possibly David Montgomery in round four. Those options are still on the table because all those guys are still available. So right now, at receiver, there's DK Metcalf, there's DeAndre Hopkins, there's... uh, I mean, those are the ones I really, I mean, yeah, there's Calvin Ridley. I know a lot of people would consider him here. I'm not one of those people just because I I don't exactly know how he's going to fare as a true wide receiver one from the standpoint of like how opposing defenses are going to approach him this year without Julio there. So I'm going to go, and man, I I feel weird about this because I didn't plan on doing it. Look, basically my decision is either Antonio Gibson or DeAndre Hopkins. Look, let's have some fun with it. Let's go D-Hop simply because I – look, honestly, I might go Gibson here if it was my real draft, but I'm sort of curious now that it's played out in this way how our team's going to come together with taking wide receiver, wide receiver. So let's go and let's build off of a nucleus of Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins as our first two guys, and that kind of a wide receiver duo to start things off. So after D-Hop goes Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, DK Metcalf, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, George Kittle, if – Oh my, if Antonio Gibson is still available, I'm going to freak out. He's not going to be though. Yeah, he just came off the board actually. Okay, AJ Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Swift. Oh, and look at this. All of our guys are gone, I believe. Well, wait. Yep, all of them are gone. We were completely sniped in terms of the guys we were targeting in round three. DeAndre Swift, Keenan Allen, Antonio Gibson, Clyde, uh, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Darren Waller. Michael Thomas still go at the 3-8. That's not realistic, but whatever. Um, Terry McLaurin, and now we are on the clock. So let's take a look at running back because obviously we want to go running back, right? That's that's our preference here. But look, guys, there's no running back available. I mean, Chris Carson is the best guy on the board, David Montgomery. Those You could make the argument I should go that route. But again, I'm all about best value available. Let's look at the receivers available again. Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go. At the end of the day now, with my current situation of Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, I need to ask myself, what's more valuable, grabbing a guy like Allen Robinson or addressing the need of running back and going David Montgomery? The issue here is if I go Allen Robinson right now, I can't go because I just don't want to have two guys on the same team that I'm highly invested to, at least I can't go Montgomery in the fourth round. So that's kind of an issue. Is there another running back I'd take in round four if I don't have, I mean, if I go Allen Robinson here. So that is definitely a dilemma and it's actually kind of really messing with me. So let's try and make a little plan. I got a minute and a half to make this pick. What would I do if, if I went Allen Robinson here, who are the options in round four? Right at running back, there's you know, I'd have to reach on guys. So, look, I don't like having to reach, but man, I don't like what's available either. 
Ugh, this is a yucky spot to be in. See what happens when you go wide receiver twice early. Look, man, I'm just going to say – I'm going to take Allen Robinson. I don't care. Let's just go. Look, we're building off of a trio of absolute stud receivers. So that's not a horrible place to be in. But it's, again, not the greatest place simply because we don't have a single running back and it's the fourth round. All right. At the 4-3. So after Allen Robinson went Josh Allen, Mike Evans, Kyler Murray, Chris Godwin. Okay. So now in round four and basically all of the kind of preferences that I made in terms of guys I'm targeting per round has kind of went out the window here because of just basically how this is all gone so because of course we can't really be targeting robert woods in round five when we don't have a single running back so round four chris carson is the option at running back and then there's guys like miles gaskin james robinson javante williams you know i'm not i'm just not all excited about those guys in round four at the top of round four no less let's see what did i get myself into here <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take – I think I might have to break my rule. I think I might have to say, do I want to just take David Montgomery here? Is that the right move? Hmm. Or could I do something – you know, look, here's where I'm kind of at now, guys, just to communicate my thoughts to you at this point with a minute 40 to go. I think if this were my real team – I don't think it would be a horrible idea to commit even further to the wide receiver position if I determine there to be value there and then bank on basically making a trade because what's the better value at the end of the day, drafting a guy like Chris Carson to be my RB1 or potentially packaging two receivers if I have to or however I have to to make it work, maybe just one receiver for a running back straight up and then kind of uh, seeing if can that guy be better than Chris Carson. Like, for example, if I was to trade – Allen Robinson here for uh, for a running back, let's say Clyde Edwards-Elair and some type of like, you know, receiver or whatever, that may be something that, you know, turns out to be a more profitable move. So I am, excuse me, I mean, the problem here is the running back position is not one that I love in the mid rounds, right? So that's kind of the biggest challenge part about this whole thing. So I think, let's see. At wide receiver, there's Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I think the only play here is the best value on the board, even though I don't love having the two guys picked in the first four rounds on the same team. I'm going to have to go David Montgomery here, guys. I just have to do it. I didn't want to do it, but one thing led to another. We've got, a tr we've got an incredible trio of receivers, and now we've got – David Montgomery as our RB1. And yes, he's not, in my opinion, not an RB1 kind of guy. He could be for sure, but he's not necessarily that kind of guy. But in our situation, when we've got Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson as our top three receivers, I mean, having David Montgomery as your RB1 isn't as bad as it seems in principle. Okay, so after Montgomery went Josh, I mean, sorry, went Julio Jones, Travis Etienne, Chris Carson, Amari Cooper, Kyle Pitts, Cooper Cup, Lamar Jackson, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, CeeDee Lamb, Mark Andrews at the top of round five, Kareem Hunt, Jamar Chase, and then there's Daryl Henderson, so we can take note of that. It goes right in the middle of round five at the 5-5. Five, five. Adam Thielen at the round, or I mean at the five six, is really good value in my opinion. Then Russell Wilson, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Smith in round 
five. Wow. Okay, so now here we are, and I think that this time need aligns with value really nicely here because there's a guy named Javante Williams who's available that I definitely was hoping to target right around this range in the fifth or sixth round, and being that it's at the 510, it's not a bad time to get him. Let's just take a look at the receivers. Yeah, nope. Uh, I mean, at receiver, there's Tyler Lockett, who's kind of intriguing at this spot just because of the price tag. Brandon IU, Deontay Johnson, no, no, no. All right, so let's see if we can salvage our running back position. And let's go ahead and take, and look, this is also very risky from the standpoint of I'm now counting on, if I draft Javante Williams here, I'm counting on a rookie running back to be my starting, my RB2 in week one, right? Because that's what you're saying here with this draft pick. So let's, you know, eh, mm, mm. can I get another running back in round six? I'm hoping so because James Robinson's still available. James Robinson is Sleeper's 62nd player. Jamonta Williams is their 66th. So look, I'm going to take, I guess an ideal scenario here for me would be that I take James Robinson now and then Javante Williams is still there at the 6'3". Um, James Robinson, not someone I'm totally excited about, but at the 5'10", I think it's a decent value. And look, Here's the thing. The guy played so well last year, even though it was under a different coaching staff, that I think that he's earned playing time this year. I don't think we'll see Travis Etienne come out and be on the field for 80% of the snaps as a rookie. You know, I mean, we've seen, even though people don't think that rookie running backs have a learning curve, we've seen it. You know, we know that it is there. So I think that I'm going to go ahead and take James Robinson here, guys. Again, not a guy I've been banging the drum for. But at this point in the draft, with our current roster construction, it sort of changes things. And I'm also really crossing my fingers and hoping that I can get Javante Williams at the 6-3 because I think that James Robinson in week one is a much better option than Javante Williams in week one. So that's why I'm taking James Robinson here. Oh, wow. Javante Williams went right after that. That's very unfortunate. Tyler Lockett goes at the 5-12, final pick of the fifth round. Deontay Johnson at the 6'1", Miles Gaskin at the 6'2". Okay, so no big deal. We've got um, at running back, see, right now, the running back position to me is a position that's just not worth drafting at the 6'3", because Javante Williams is gone. There is Melvin Gordon there, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds. You know, I just all those guys, not ones that I'm willing to take in the sixth round, no matter what my running back position looks like. And right now, with David Montgomery and James Robinson, that's not as bad, in my opinion, when you consider the trio of receivers I've got, Devontae Adams, D-Hop, and Allen Robinson. That's not as bad as some might think when you just look at it in principle of, oh, those are your RB1 and RB2. So at receiver, Brandon Ayuk right now is available. Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster. No, no, no. We're not going receiver here because I just don't think that's – you know, the best option. So here's something interesting, and this is what I'm probably going to do. I've mentioned before that TJ Hawkinson is a guy I'd consider in round five, simply because I think he's going to lead the Lions in receiving. And I like him in that offense a lot. Okay, so I'm going to go TJ Hawkinson here. But let's take a look just to just to kind of entertain ourselves at what's available at quarterback. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so plenty of uh, plenty of guys there. And again, at running back right now, Mike Davis is Sleeper's top-rated running back on the board. So that kind of tells you all you need to know at running back and why we are not going to reach there. And then Brandon Ayuk is their top-rated receiver on the board, who's a guy that I like. But again, with the trio of receivers I already have, I'm not all that uh, – inclined to draft him. So I'm going to go ahead and take TJ Hawkinson here. I think this is definitely the right move. I'm not so sure I've made all the right moves yet, but in this spot, I think TJ Hawkinson is 
the correct play. After him, it went Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Davis, Brandon Ayuk, Noah Fant, Dak Prescott, Melvin Gordon, Odell, Justin Herbert at the 6'11", T. Higgins at the 6'12", Dallas Godard at the 7'1". That is, to me, just that's just too early for Godard. You know, I think there's, you know, that's just my take. I guess my rankings of tight ends is very different from the consensus if Dallas Godard's going at the 7'1". And that's no disrespect to him. He could be very good. But Zach Ertz is still there, right? And it's not like um, we've ever seen serious tight end one production from Godard. He's been a top 10 guy. But he's been on the 7, 8, 9, 10 range of that the last couple of years. So um, obviously I expect that to improve a little bit this year. But there are guys like Logan Thomas and um, really several others, Hunter Henry, et cetera, that I like more. Okay, now we are on the clock. Mike Gesicki just went to, wow. Okay, so we're on the clock and it is the 7, 10. And who is available? Let's take a look at running back because that would be ideal. We've got a guy, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, two guys that I'm very interested in at the 7-10, but I think I might be able to get one of them at least at the 8-3. So let's take a look at receiver. Cortland Sutton is available, Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks. Uh, yeah, those are interesting. I wish Jerry Judy were available, but he's not, unfortunately. He went at the 7-5. Um, let's take a look at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is available. Guys, you've heard me say on numerous occasions that I'm not a quarterback guy, you know, early at least, right? Aaron Rodgers has my attention right here. Other quarterbacks available, Trevor Lawrence, no thank you, um, even though I think that his running ability will make his fantasy floor much higher than what it would be otherwise. Um, I'm I'm just going to go a different direction because I, I would prefer to take a flyer on a guy like Trey Lance late and, uh, you know, assuming I have a decent floor starter. But Aaron Rodgers, what do we do here at the 7-10? Do we take Aaron Rodgers? Because even though he went completely insane last year, that guy available at the 7-10 is not something I expect to happen. I think Sleeper's algorithm is a little messed up simply because of the whole Rodgers holding out thing. I think there it hasn't quite adjusted, similar to how we saw Michael Thomas go in the uh, bottom of the third round. So that's not a very realistic scenario, in my opinion. But uh, let's see. There's just nothing else that I'm super pumped about. And let's go back to running backs again. Okay, so Kenyon Drake, James Conner, Trey Sermon, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, see, I'm not interested in any of those guys, especially because, like I mentioned, I can get one of those two running backs, being Trey Sermon or Michael Carter, at the 8-3. So, look, I'm going to take – it's just not that realistic for Aaron Rodgers to be there. What do I do? Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, guys. I just think that Rodgers at this point is too good of a value to pass up, even though it may be a little bit unrealistic. I could see Rodgers going in the sixth round. So I guess seventh round is not that crazy. But again, probably not going to happen because I think people are going to start drafting him earlier and earlier. But for our situation, to pair him with our wide receiver one, Devontae Adams, you just have to look at that and say, that's a scary thing. Imagine if this were a real football team. We had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback with D-Hop, Devontae Adams, and Allen Robinson as our receivers, and, and then also TJ Hawkinson. That'd be sick. Anyways, okay, after Rodgers, and went Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel, Kenyon Drake. So now at the 8-3, we are on the clock. And then both of those running backs I wanted are available, so that that's something that we're – that's a direction we're probably going to go. Which one do I prefer? That's an interesting question because I like Trey Sermon. I like Mike. 
I like Michael Carter a lot. Um, which one has a more clear path to being the RB1 of their team? Because when we look at our running back situation, we've got David Montgomery and James Robinson, and that is it, right? It is round eight. So we need someone we can count on. So which one of those guys, out of Trey Sermon and Michael Carter, has a more clear path to being an early starter? And I think that guy's Michael Carter because Raheem Mostert still exists. So Trey Sermon may not be you know, immediately a factor. And are we in a position where we can wait for him with our current landscape of our running back position as it pertains to our football team? So, or our fantasy football team. So I think Michael Carter might be the pick here, but let's see. He, let's just take a look at what else is available because I'm committed to going best value available consistently. We've already got quarterback and tight end, so we don't need to go in that direction. And then when I look at the wide receivers here, I'm just Jalen Waddle is the top guy on their board uh, in, in terms of sleeper. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and take Michael Carter here and um, because I think that's just the best value available, especially the best thing available for our football team as well. So Michael Carter is the pick. After him, it goes Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Cooks, Trevor Lawrence, LaVisca Chenault, Tom Brady. Ooh, Tom Brady at the 8-9, not a bad value at all. James Conner, Jarvis Landry, Jalen Hurts. And then at the top of the ninth round, it goes Will Fuller. Trey Sermon off the board. We knew he wasn't going to last all the way to our next pick, considering how far that would have been. Um, Tyler Boyd, Irv Smith at the 9-4, Rob Gronkowski at the 9-5, Stafford, Zach Moss, Damian Harris, David Johnson. Okay, now here we are at the 9-10. Bottom of the ninth round, which running backs are still available? Eh, none that I'm all that interested in, although I guess A.J. Dillon here definitely makes sense, especially considering the upside that he that he has, you know, and even if that upside, I wouldn't say that his upside has to be an Aaron Jones injury. I think that it could just be what like we saw and I always reference this Nick Chubb last year, a guy that just got paid. Shout out to Nick Chubb. We saw him play 49 percent of the snaps and be like a top six or seven running back last year. Right. So that to me is without an Aaron Jones injury, the ceiling for A.J. Dillon, probably not a top 10 running back, but my point is a guy that's highly fantasy relevant, you know, is a probably an RB2, mid-range RB2, even with Aaron Jones playing. So the problem here is with this, with our current roster construction, we've got Devontae Adams, we've got Aaron Rodgers. So is it a wise move to also have A.J. Dillon? I think it's probably not, you know, so let's take a look at the receivers going here. Um, okay, here's an interesting, here's something interesting, right? Um, sorry, Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy that I'm definitely into in terms of uh, in the ninth round. There's also Logan Thomas is still available. Someone that just got paid. Shout out to Logan Thomas for getting his money. Well deserved. But there's also, uh, I mean, look, I just think Logan Thomas is severely undervalued. And I know we've already got TJ Hawkinson, but this gives us options if we were to go Logan Thomas here at the bottom of the ninth round, which I think is a steal because Again, where other zig I zag in this regard, I think Logan Thomas, with the presence of the other guys they brought in, Curtis Samuel, uh, Adam Humphreys, Diamond Brown, I think that only makes Logan Thomas a more efficient player. And I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will definitely spread the ball around, and Logan Thomas is going to be a very easy connection to consistently hit on. So I'm interested there. And also, we could trade you know, one of the two guys. We could trade TJ Hawkinson later. If Logan Thomas is a legit top let's say five or six tight end, why wouldn't we trade TJ Hawkinson? We might have a need at the running back position. So just because my final roster may look a little thin at running back, it doesn't mean that we can't load up on resources to acquire one post-draft, right? And at this point, 
that's what you're going to want to do because not that that's your goal, but you're going to want to just get the best possible players so that you can make that kind of move if you want to. So I think that I've just convinced myself with 14 seconds left to go ahead and take Logan Thomas here at the 9-10. I think that, again, Sleeper has two flex options anyways on a weekly basis. So I could, as I'm kind of making my decision, I could play Logan Thomas in one of those flex spots. So that's my thoughts on that. Now, here we are at the 10-3. So real quick, after Logan Thomas, it went Rashad Bateman. Wow. Ryan Tannehill, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis. And here we are on the clock. So let's take a look at the running back position because there are definitely – um, I mean, that's a spot that we still need to improve at. But again, other than A.J. Dillon, who I'm tempted to take here, and I may do that. I'm going to revisit it in a second after I look at what's available at receiver. After A.J. Dillon, I'm not super you know, intrigued at what's going on at running back still. So at the receiver spot, we've got Hollywood Brown, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, Michael Pittman. So I don't like what's going on with the Colts quarterback situation because I'm terrified that it's a Liz Frank injury for Carson Wentz. And I am no doctor, so don't quote me on this. I'm just a little – it just seems a little peculiar, I'll say, in that regard, right? So let's go ahead. And so, like, that's why I'm not jumping all over Mike, Michael Pittman Jr. here. But I think in the 10th round, even in a worst-case scenario, I trust that system. I trust that coaching staff to scheme up things at, you know, as, at the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and take – Michael Pittman Jr. here. There's just nothing available at running back that I'm excited about. And I think Pittman is just the best value available. So that's why I went that direction. After him, it went Hollywood Brown, Robert Tanya, Devin Singletary, Curtis Samuel. Like none of these guys are making me think like, oh, I should have taken him. You know, and that's a sign that you probably took the best value available, at least as it pertains to how I view these guys. AJ Dillon is now off the board at the 10-9. Deshaun Watson at the 10-10. Antonio Brown, Naeem Hines. Mike Williams at the top of the 11th round, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Elijah Moore, my guy Darnell Mooney is now off the board, Tony Pollard, that would have been someone I was interested in, um, Justin Fields, Henry Ruggs, Matt Ryan. Okay, so here we are at the 11-10. What running backs are available that we could potentially have interest in? Um, look, this isn't going to be glamorous to some, but I am in. I am interested in Philip Lindsay because – why am I interested in Philip Lindsay in the 11th round? Well, let me tell you. Philip Lindsay has an opportunity, in my opinion, has a better than coin flip opportunity. In other words, greater than a 50% chance to be the RB1 in Houston. And maybe he won't start the season that way. But why did he sign there? He wanted out of Denver because Melvin Gordon was ahead of him, right? Well, here's the thing. He signed with Houston quickly because in my opinion, this may be a conspiracy theory or whatever, but in my opinion, they told him he's going to have an opportunity to compete as the RB1, whereas in Denver, it was clear that he was not going to give, be given that opportunity, especially, you know, they went and drafted Javante Williams after that. So they want kind of that committee there. I think Philip Lindsay was told he's going to be utilized and he's looking at it too. You've got David Johnson and Mark Ringham, two guys that are 30 and older. So that's interesting to me. The other option at running back that I am interested in would be, well, two actually, would be J.D. McKissick is one of uh, guy that, um, you know, is probably going to catch a good amount of passes, but I don't want to do that because we have Logan Thomas. And then also Tariq Cohen, a guy that's probably going to be more involved, but he's coming off injury. I think that I just convinced myself to draft Philip Lindsay here. Let's take a look at receiver, see what else is available. Um, in that regard, nothing that I'm super excited about, although I do like Marvin Jones. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Philip Lindsay here at the bottom of the 11th round. And I think that right there could be the one selection that we look back on and say, wow, our team at the running back position is almost 
the benefit of drafting Philip Lindsay there could be huge as it pertains to the running back position. Okay. After Philip Lindsay, it went Baker Mayfield, Evan Ingram, the Baltimore Ravens defense. Wow. Uh, Devontae Parker at the 12-2. And now here we are at the 12-3. Who is available? So at running back, Kenneth Gainwell, Jamal Williams of the Lions, J.D. McKissick still there. And also Tariq Cohen is there. So should we just pile on in that regard at running back and just because we do need bodies. We need guys that we can play at the running back position. Real quick, let's look at our overall roster. Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. David Montgomery and James Robinson are our starting running backs. Receiver is sick. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and then um, tight end is TJ Hawkinson. And then in the flex, we've got Allen Robinson. Oof. Uh, then we've got Michael Carter as our other flex option, potentially. We've also got Logan Thomas, Michael Pippen, and Philip Lindsay. I actually really like this team as it's shaping up. And look, I know it's not glamorous to have, you know, James Robinson as your RB2 and David Montgomery as your RB1. But I do believe that we are in a pretty good spot overall. So let's see. Okay. At running back, I think that the move here would be to go ahead and, and either add JD McKissick or Tariq Cohen. Which one of those guys has more upside? Well, I think that Tariq Cohen certainly has more upside because he could catch 90 passes. Let's be real. I mean, if Justin Fields is the starting quarterback there, is it out of the realm of possibility for Tariq Cohen to catch 80, 90 passes? I don't think it is at all. So because their floors are similar, I'm going to go Tariq Cohen here at the 12-3. Now, at the, let's see, where we are we? 13th round, the bottom of the 13th round, 13-10 to be exact, we could, this is kind of the time of the draft where we could look to go with one of these young quarterbacks, this is always, it's always, and it doesn't have to be a young quarterback, by the way, someone like Cam Newton, to me, has legitimate upside if we ever want to trade Aaron Rodgers, because we got Rodgers at pretty good value, maybe we need to package him in a trade, so it's always good to add another dynamic quarterback, especially if it's round 13. I don't see Trey Lance, so he must have went, um, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson available, Jameis Winston is someone I'm definitely interested in at this point in the draft. Let's take a look at running back real quick. J.D. McKissick is still available. Should we just stockpile at running back here? That's definitely an interesting idea. Latavius Murray is also available. I'm definitely interested in that. You know, somebody, Devontae Booker, right, is a guy that obviously Saquon's the man there. But they paid him pretty well because I think they know that if Saquon was to miss time, they need somebody they feel can come in and be an every down back. And Devontae Booker is someone that I think they believe in. And that Giants offensive line should be better this year. So Devontae Booker is an interesting guy. But I think I can get him even around later. At receiver, what's available? Russell Gage is someone that's probably – oh, man. Nope. I'm sorry. I got my guy. Even though I'm pretty set at running – I mean at receiver because we are, let's face it, loaded at the, as the top three guys at least – Gabriel Davis, a guy being available in round 13, is just someone I'm going to have to draft. I don't even care what's what's available at tight end or quarterback because he's the guy. Uh, um, all right, next, after Gabriel Davis, it went the Rams defense, uh, Harrison Butker, Adam Troutman, Jamal Williams at the 14-2. And here we are at the 14-3. Tell me J.D. McKissick is still available. He is. You're not lying. Okay, let's go ahead. I think that J.D. McKissick at this spot definitely – makes some sense, right? I mean, it's the 14th round, um, and he's a guy that caught a bunch of passes last year. I think it's likely for that to decrease this year some, but I mean, he could really be, if we need 
someone to play running back for us early or someone to just be a guy that, you know, during bye weeks can, we can just plug and play at running back. I think J.D. McKissick is a decent option in that regard, and especially at the price at round 14. Okay, so now final pick, we could go – let's just take a look at what's available in terms of defenses and stuff like that. We've got uh, the Broncos defense is one I'm interested in. The Giants defense, wow, how are they so low? They're like behind – a bunch of other defenses on sleepers board. That's crazy to me. So, yeah, I'm not all that concerned with taking, you know, kicker defense, but I think the Giants defense right here with our last pick and maybe the last pick or close to the last pick of the draft is definitely one that's uh, worth taking. I think I'm going to do that because looking at what else is available, I'm not super excited about anything except for Jamison Crowder is somehow still available. That's bonkers to me. Um, yeah, I'm going to take mm, – I'm going to take the Giants defense. I would, in real life here, I would take Jamison Crowder simply because I think that he's going to be a legit flex option. But in for just for the sake of kind of some feng shui, if you will, I'm just going to take the Giants defense here, and uh, we'll worry about a kicker later. Okay, so my team as a finished product is Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. David Montgomery and James Robinson are my starting running backs. Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins are my top two receivers. TJ Hawkinson is my tight end. Allen Robinson is my flex option. Michael Carter is my other flex. And then the Giants are my defense. On my bench, Logan Thomas, Michael Pittman, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen, Gabriel Davis, J.D. McKissick. I think we have a very nice blend of receivers that are young with upside, a la Michael Pittman, you know, and uh, Gabriel Davis. And then we also, of course, have our top three receivers, which are absolute home run uh, studs, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Allen Robinson, guys like that. So I think that this roster is pretty damn good. I'm not, con I'm not super concerned. Like if this was my real team, I would make this work. I, I would be. I think that this team's upside greatly depends, at least in some regard, unless James Robinson and David Montgomery become legit RB ones. I think it depends on what moves are made after the draft. Because right now, I have been started with this team with a ton of resources, at least, right? And yes, while it would be. The most ideal scenario would be, as I mentioned, Montgomery and Robinson to be, you know, true RB1, RB2s at least, right? And that would, and then for Michael Carter to kind of hit his stride and, and get going early and often, and maybe even Philip Lindsay and Tariq Cohen and JD McKissick. But I think that we have enough in the way of other running backs, like like I mentioned, my bench running backs, Philip Lindsay, Tariq Cohen, JD McKissick. I think at least one of those guys can be capable weekly flex play guys. So that alone, I think, um, will kind of give us the balance we need. And then again, when you consider, yeah, we're a little light at running back, but we are rich at the receiver position in a full point per reception league. David, I mean, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, that is insanity. So overall, that's the team. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I will see you tomorrow. Peace.